go get them, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and make it happen. You know, this message that is saturating our Instagram feeds today, I saw it doing real harm to women as they would get pumped up and get out there and give it all they got. And then find at the end of the day that they were exhausted. Mm -hmm. And if they reached the goal, it didn't deliver. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and the forthcoming book The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there. Thank you for listening to the Compared to Who podcast. I'm Heather Creekmore. And today we have a fun conversation with the author of a brand new book called Enough About Me. I know you're hooked already. But today my guest is Jen Oshman. She's a wife and a mom to four daughters. She served as a missionary for two decades on three continents. She currently resides in Colorado, where she and her husband serve with Pioneers International. And they planted a church called Redemption in Parker, Colorado. It's an Acts 29 church. They planted it a couple years ago. And Jen's passion is leading women into a deeper faith and fostering a biblical worldview. And she does that through her website and through her podcast called All Things. Jen Oshman, welcome to the Compared to Who podcast. Oh, thank you, Heather. This is awesome. I'm so grateful to be here. So when I first saw your book come through, I don't know, I might've seen it on Facebook. I was like, I need to know more about that book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, enough about me. Like that's so perfect because uh, I think and frequently say on this podcast and in other things that I do that our biggest problem is we focus on ourselves too much. Mm. So I cannot wait to get into a conversation about all of those things with you today, But before we do, would you mind just telling us a little bit more about you, like three continents and two decades of missionary work? That sounds interesting. Tell us what we need to know about Jen. (laughs) Sure. Well, my husband and I just celebrated 21 years of being married. And right. Yeah, thanks. Right after we got married and finished seminary, we headed straight to the mission field. And he was a pastor for American military members in Okinawa, Japan. And then we transitioned from life in Japan to life in the Czech Republic, which is one of our world's most atheist countries, less than one half of 1% of Czechs follow Christ. So we went there as church planters. We thought we would stay there forever, but the Lord called us home four years ago to take care of my dad who was dying from Alzheimer's and dementia. So we moved back to Colorado where we're from. And um, having been church planters overseas, it just felt like, you know, we're church planters. That's what we do. So um, with God's grace and help and a sweet team, we planted Redemption Parker three years ago. So Asia and Europe and the United States have all been home. My kids were born overseas and um, now they live on their third continent. And it's been an adventure for sure. 
Wow. That's amazing. So my first instinct is to think that all of this self-centeredness that we face as a people is more American, but it sounds like maybe you've gleaned information about this challenge from all over the world. Is that accurate? Yeah. I think, I mean, I do think to be self-centered and to be self-focused and to seek to be self-sufficient is part of sin nature. I think this is a global issue. We all want that. However, I will say that this is definitely more a problem of privilege. Most people groups around the world don't have the opportunity to pretend that they're self-sufficient. They are reliant on the Lord for their food, for vaccinations, for the sustenance, for their children, for their children's lives. So they're very aware of their frailty, their fragility, the brevity of life on a daily basis. Whereas we in the wealthy West can, can dupe ourselves, sort of become numb to this idea that we, it is God who gives life and breath and everything. And we sort of pretend to think and pretend to live and we behave as if we are God when we mm-hmm. are not. So I do think it's, it's universal amongst humans who sin. And at the same time, it's, it's more exaggerated in, in the wealthy West where we have the opportunity to pretend we are self-sufficient. Yeah. How interesting though. We're recording during the COVID-19 global pandemic. And uh, I think maybe this is an opportunity for some of us to learn <laughs> that we're not self-sufficient, huh? <laughs> you know, Seriously. It's, it's, it is staring us in the face right now. It sure is. So what prompted you to write this book? Why write a book on this topic? Well, from the beginning of our time in ministry, so over two decades now, I have been heavily involved in women's ministry. Even though we were overseas, um, especially in Japan, I was ministering to American women who were expats in Japan. Um, So I've always just had a love of sitting down with women, opening up the word of God, walking alongside with women, praying to God together, just being in relationship with women along with the Lord. And I have just seen over these two decades in ministry, this pull, this um, natural sort of magnetic force towards self. And as you said in the introduction to our conversation here, there's just, we spend so much time looking at ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I saw this creeping in, in subtle and not so subtle ways, even into the church and into women's Bible study materials and discipleship materials and books, things were marketed to Christians or even Christian worship music that's really peddling a message of self-sufficiency plus Jesus. Mm-hmm. And just feeling really grieved about that for a number of reasons. One being primarily that it steals glory from our glorious creator and savior and redeemer. But secondly, just seeing the real harm that it does in women's lives and seeing women read a book or go to a conference or just sort of get on this hamster wheel of like, you can do it. All that you need is inside of you. You've got this. Go get them. Pull yourself mm-hmm. up by your bootstraps and make it happen. You know, this message that is saturating our Instagram feeds today. I saw it doing real harm to women as they would get pumped up and get out there and give it all they got and then find at the end of the day that they were exhausted. Mm -hmm. And if they reached the goal, it didn't deliver the high and the satisfaction Mm -hmm. and contentment that they thought it would. But more often than not, they didn't reach the goal because they realized they didn't have the energy to realize these huge dreams that they had put in place. And so I just began to feel grieved by the harm that I saw it doing to women all over the world, but especially amongst women in the West. And I wanted to push back. I wanted to sort of get in the game and go, you know what? These are not, this is not true. This message is not true. And it's hurting you and it's stealing glory from our God and his way is better. He made you in his image on purpose for a purpose. And there's a much bigger, better, far more glorious story to tell. And it does not rest on you. 
Yeah, that's really good. I mean, you almost said a direct quote from my book when I share my story, because that was very much part of my story. I was raised in a Christian home. I went to a Christian school starting in seventh grade. I went to Christian college. I went to Christian graduate school and I had gone to all the conferences and, you know, got the the pep talk, right? The the Christianized mm-hmm. pep talk, if you will. You yeah. are fearfully and wonderfully made and you are God's daughter and you're a princess. And, and then, but on the inside was struggling so much with my body image and what I looked like and with comparison. And I didn't have a way to reconcile those two things because the Christian pep rally, if you will, would would do exactly what you just said. It would pump me up for, you know, maybe a couple of days, maybe a week where I'd be like, okay, no, I can do this. Like I am a princess. <laughs> and then, yes, but yes. then, you know, seven days later, wake up, look at the scale and be like, I can't do this. Yes. You know, like, and so it was such a shallow confidence mm. and, and really... I think, I think this is the term that you use in your book, like a meology instead of a mm-hmm. theology. It was definitely the self-focus was, was wearing and it wasn't redemptive in any way, yes. shape or form. So I get all that. And I know that my listeners are probably nodding their heads and saying, yes, that's true mm-hmm. <laughs> along with you. So, so that's awesome. Hey there, how much is freedom worth to you? That's kind of an odd question, right? When I was in the midst of my struggle with disordered eating and body image, I would have paid anything I had to be free. Truth is, I spent a lot of my budget on things I thought could help me be free, like new diets, exercise gizmos, clothing, but none of those things really helped. I'm so grateful that God showed me the way out. And now I'm passionate about helping others find their way out too. I want them to know that Jesus already paid it all. They don't have to spend another cent to find the freedom they really desire. But truth is, it does cost me something to get this message out, compared to who can't spread the message of Jesus' offer of freedom without the help of women like you. Would you consider making a contribution? Check out Compared to Who's Patreon page at patreon.com slash compared to who. Then prayerfully consider giving $1 or $5 a month, whatever you can to help. Any amount you'd be willing to donate would be a huge blessing and will go directly towards covering the operating expenses of this ministry. Thank you for being a part of seeing other women set free from the chains of body image and comparison. May God bless your generosity. Okay, so this is the question that I always ask um, on this show. We have to know you're real, Jen. So have you ever struggled with comparison or body image? And what did that look like in your life? I mean, do you mean like in the last five minutes, <laughs> last five hours? Hey, hey well, coronavirus virus quarantine may <laughs> make that look different for the last uh, five minutes or five hours. But whenever in your life you... Sure. <laughs> you like I know. To- well, you know, it's crazy because we are all quarantined, right? But mm-hmm. at the same time, we're glued to our phones. At least mm-hmm. I am. And I'm scrolling way more than I should. Mm-hmm. And I'm comparing comparing my performance in this quarantine to other women in this quarantine. Yeah. And it's just crazy. It's like, you know, am I cooking the way they're cooking? Am I shepherding my children through this time? You know, good enough. Am I, am I working out enough? Am I doing all the things enough? You know, it's to answer your question. Absolutely. Yes. I struggle with comparison on a daily basis. You know, I think it's just rooted in our fallen nature to look around at our, at each other and at ourselves and, really have this horizontal focus rather than a vertical focus. Our eyes are naturally drawn inward on ourselves or outward on other people. 
rather than our maker and our creator and our savior. And it's so discouraging, but yes, I absolutely struggle with that. And I think it's been you know, throughout my entire life as a girl, it's been, you know, maybe grades. And then as you said, body image, um, you know, performance in college, what my marriage looks like, if I'm a good enough wife, I'm a good enough um, mom, you know, even as a pastor's wife, you know, you think I've been following the Lord for decades now. I've been a missionary. I'm a pastor's wife. Like this is, isn't this elementary level? Shouldn't I have graduated from this particular struggle? (laughs) And the answer is no, because my flesh is strong and it, is like a magnet, like I said earlier, it keeps drawing myself back to myself. Mm-hmm. But we become what we behold. That's probably a mm-hmm. phrase you've used before. You know, we become what we behold and where we fix our eyes really matters. And so the Lord has been merciful and kind to continuously remind me, lift your eyes up back to me. That's where your help comes from, not within. But yes, a resounding and unfortunate yes, <laughs> comparison is a struggle for me on the daily. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you for going there and showing us that you're real. Actually, it's funny. Right before you and I got on, I was having a back and forth text conversation with one of my friends and we were talking about a portion of my book that, uh, I'm, she's helping me edit. And we were kind of joking around about how like really the best book title might be like, girl, stop looking at your face. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I like it. And so I was like, well, I'm about to get on with someone who wrote a book called Enough About Me. So that's pretty close. (laughs) But but yeah, it's self-focus is just not doing anyone any favors. So, so the way out of self-focus, you talk about it. And I really liked this analogy as feasting on spiritual junk food. So let's talk about this more. Um, our, like you said just a second ago, our culture keeps drawing our eyes back to ourselves. They belong on Jesus. How do we grow to enjoy spiritual steak and potatoes and vegetables? Hmm. You know, it's so funny. I don't know if you saw a recent article. I think it was on the Gospel Coalition. Maybe Trevin Wax wrote it, but he was pointing out, if it was in fact um, him, that the candy aisles at the grocery stores in the middle of this quarantine are full. Interesting. But it's hard to come by meat and potatoes right now. It's the meat shelves. It's the milk. It's the eggs. Mm -hmm. It's the healthy food that you can't buy right now. It's harder to come by, but the candy aisle is full. So it's interesting that we know when things are going badly, when when we need help, when we recognize that we are fragile, that life is brief, we know we need substance. We know we need sustenance. We know we need the good stuff, the healthy stuff. But when life is going well, it's like, ah, let me snack on a little sugar here, a little candy bar there, and just kind of get through the day. And so a blessing of this quarantine, I think, is that it is reminding us that we are fragile and frail people. Um, But what I was certainly noticing, and you you have testified to this just in this conversation, is that it felt like, and certainly this is an overgeneralization just to make a point, um, because it's not true of every author and every pastor and every church and every worship leader, but it feels like there is a huge market for, you know, Big Macs versus filet mignons, even in Christian bookstores and in, in the Christian sphere. It feels like there's just a lot of opportunity to sort of seek to be hashtag blessed with a little bit of Jesus on top. Mm-hmm. And um, it grieves me because this is not what the giver of life intended. And it is leading to us being starving. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, uh, that um, 
awesome documentary from a while ago, Super Size Me. You know, mm-hmm. we saw what happened to a guy who ate Big Macs yep. for 30 days. <laughs> and the same is true. You know, what's true physically is true spiritually. If we're going to go and eat spiritual Big Macs for 30 days, we're going to live, but we're going to be pretty sick. We're not going to be thriving. We're not, it's not what we were meant to run on. And so, these little pithy, maybe devotionals or me-centered Bible studies that don't lift your eyes up to the awesomeness of our King, but keep it pretty focused on self. Those are spiritual Big Macs and they're making us sick. And so my hope is, as you said, to transition from meology to theology, which I want to give credit to Blair Lynn for those particular words, but just transitioning from focusing on me to focusing on God and lifting our eyes up to him who gave us life and who gives us life on a daily basis. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And I mean, if you just stop and think about it, it is so foolish to think that we can give ourselves life, if you will, you know, like the whole, I mean, so one area that I spend way too much time trying to, I think, clarify for Christian women is the whole body positivity movement mm-hmm. and the self-love movement. And I mean, it just, it, this is what makes me cringe <laughs> is when yeah. I see, you know, when I see a Christian sister, like hashtagging self-love, hashtag body love, mm. and it's like, no, you don't need more self love. Mm. You already have enough of that. And Jesus has some choice words to say about, mm. about what that'll look yeah. like in the last days, you know, and then body love, just this, this strange focus on if we could just love ourselves more mm-hmm. or be more comfortable with ourselves, then somehow that would be freeing to us. And, and it's, it's like you said, like we can't give ourselves life. We have, we don't have, I mean, I can't even keep a house plant alive. <laughs> like I have right. no ability, like I could birth some children, but <laughs> but but not even anymore. Um, but you know, we we are so limited in our ability to breathe life into things, and mm-hmm. avoiding the giver of all life, in <laughs> substituting you know our own false attempt at trying to give something life. It's just so silly. It's it's yeah, not junk food. Yeah, I love. That. Yeah, that's good. And anything, I just want to encourage you, Heather. We need your voice. Like we need we need that truth because we're so saturated. It's on. It's in you know, Hobby Lobby mugs and throw Mm -hmm. pillows and on, in Target on t-shirts and in, on Instagram. I mean, everywhere, it is everywhere, even in our Christian marketplaces Mm -hmm. to be, to do more self-love and self-care. And what's wrong with that is like, that's not necessarily in the right context, a bad thing, Yeah, but it's not the ultimate thing. You know, self-love in the context of scripture and then the context of the gospel and Jesus Christ who came and hung on the cross and rose again, you know, in that context, self-love is handing yourself over to Mm -hmm. him, losing your life inside of his, laying down your life for others, loving God first, and then loving neighbor second, you know, to really love yourself actually looks like fixing your eyes on Jesus and laying down your life for him. That's where true life comes from. That's what he tells us. Yeah. And so I think we've just been far too easily pleased. We've settled. We've, you know, sold ourselves out and just gone too short on this. We've stopped short of what the what the God of the universe really intends for us. And we've said, oh, let's just self-love. I'm gonna look within. Mm-hmm. But no, he's like, go farther. Don't stop there. Yeah. Lift your eyes up to me. Hide yourself inside of me. And that's where real self-care is going to be found. Absolutely. Yeah. And and rest too, because I think mm-hmm. that that's deep down, that's something we all crave. Like we're all tired of being on the treadmill of self-improvement. 
<laughs> but yep. you know, that focus on self, it keeps you, keeps you focused on self, right? It's a, yeah. it's a dead end spiral down to the bottom. So that's really good. You're not going to find a, <laughs> you're not going to find that kind of definition of self-love on any coffee mugs at Happy Hobby. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nope, nope, no. It's not, it's not gonna pretty. sell. Not nope. a bestseller. <laughs> no. Nope. image been bogging you down for too long it's time to get free my friend go to compare to who.me take your free body image awareness quiz you will learn amazing things you'll get your results right away and I think you'll have fun too because I mean who doesn't love to take quizzes go to compare to who.me there's lots of great resources on that site articles about body image and comparison and how you can find freedom through the gospel of Jesus Christ check it out today Right after this episode, of course. Well, another interesting thing that I noticed in your book you talked about was how we're addicted to choice. Mm. I thought this was really good, especially since we're in a season right now where our choices are a lot more limited than usual. And trying to order my groceries online and I keep, you know, I get the little like, this may not be available due to to high demand. And so my question for you is, well, you, you say in your book, you have an interesting suggestion for those of us who are constantly distracted and bombarded with choice to focus on instead something, how we're chosen. Will you fill this out for me a bit? Sure. So I think part of being living in the wealthy West, being the privileged people that we are, is we are inundated with choice. And I share in my book, like I took my kids to the grocery store and I had them count the number of salad dressings and the number of bread options. And I mean, and cereal options. And it's overwhelming. I mean, we are inundated with hundreds of choices a day, whether it's at the grocery store or if it's maybe at Starbucks or the color of nail polish that we're going to paint our nails or the school that we're going to send our kid to or the soccer team that we're going to sign them up for. And we have this sense that we can control our lives based on these choices. We make choices on how to sort of present ourselves online, how to present ourselves at work in our professions or in the corporate arena. Um, Choices as moms, you know, diapers, baby food, wipes. I mean, it's just endless because we have so much wealth And because we have so much opportunity to make so many choices, we have come to believe that we are sovereign over our lives, that we are in control of our lives. And we've come to believe that it's like a human right. Like these choices are fundamental and I deserve them and I must have them. And we think, you know, we've, we've numbed ourselves so much with choice that we do think we're in control, but the reality is we are not. And like you said, just a second ago, it's making us tired. We are exhausted because we've taken the weight then of sovereignty upon our own shoulders. Mm-hmm. We've deemed ourselves responsible for the outcome of our lives. And that is not who we are. We, have, we are not God. We are not omnipotent. We are not omnipresent. We don't have that kind of power, but we think we do. And so we bear that weight and we're crushing ourselves. The modern self is crushing is something Tim Keller says all the time. And mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely true. We, mm-hmm. we think that the choices that we make are going to determine our future the future of our children, and on and on. And so we're bearing this incredible weight and it's making us very tired. Well, the reality is, is that our God is King. He who formed the world, he is the creator and sustainer. He gave life and breath to every human over all time. And it's he who has determined when and where we should live, 
what our gifts and resources will be like. He is the one who has determined our steps and numbered our days. So we can rest in that. We can rest in the reality that he has made these choices for us. We haven't made these choices. Our God has. And there's incredible rest in that. And then the question becomes, okay, Lord, how should I steward these things? How would you have me use them? These things actually belong to you. They don't belong to me. I did not conjure them up. Mm -hmm. I did not determine where I would be born and that resources that would be available to me. You endowed those to me. So how would you like me to manage them? How would you like me to deal with them to bring you glory and to bring my community good and for the good of my own soul and my own family? And it's a very different paradigm. That's a very different way of living where it takes all the pressure off of your own shoulders and places it where Jesus invites you to place it. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We were not meant to live like this. We were not meant to be on that hamster wheel of self-help. It is killing us. It is making us very sick. And so rather than being frenetic and frantic about all these choices, let's instead rest and realize the choices have been made. Our God is sovereign and good and kind, and he has chosen us before the foundation of the world. Let's rest in that and ask him, how then should we live? Yeah. Amen. That's really good. So I was just reading, do you know Christine Hoover by chance? Yes, I do. Okay. So have you read Christine's new book? I'm actually reading it now because I'm going to be on Instagram live with her next week. So I'm in the middle of it. Yeah. The the Allegiance book. Yeah. Yes. Her book's called With All Your Heart. And I had Christine on the show, um, I guess it's probably a couple episodes ago. But one thing that she says, I don't know if you've gotten there yet. I think it's the middle of the book. One thing she talks about is on the whole topic of choices and sovereignty is how social media Mm. Us, did you get to this part yet? How social no, go ahead. gives us this false sense of having like influence and decision-making ability on all these topics where we really don't have any influence or decision-making ability. Right. You know? Yes. And, and she talks about the concept of embodiment and how we're people that are meant to live in bodies and how social media kind of takes that away from us mm. um, in that we can be engaged in something that doesn't require us to physically be there. But anyway, it, as you were talking, it just kind of reminded me of, of what she was saying. Just, it's just adding like all of our scrolling just adds on to the mm-hmm. choices that we have and really does feed that fleshly desire to want to you know, be our own gods, <laughs> to yeah. want to ignore the one God who's sovereign. So that's all really good. Uh, we'll think about choices in a much different way. Maybe we'll all be thankful for our limited amount of choices. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I know it is a pain, like we're all being pruned and purified right now, aren't we? And it's, it is painful, but I do hope that we don't go rushing back to a frenetic pace of life. I do hope that the Lord will help us and that we'll choose to just slow down and think about what matters and and maybe be less addicted to choice as we move forward. It, it will be interesting to see what happens, mm-hmm. to see how quickly we shift back or, or what yeah. things will change. So it, yeah, I'm really curious about it. Yeah, me too. Well, what's one piece of encouragement as we kind of wrap up today that you would give to any woman listening who is just thinking to herself, okay, this is all fine and good, but I can't stop thinking about me. What would you tell a woman who's just really struggling with self-focus? How could you encourage her? Sure. Well, I think the reality that you are not enough is good news. We were so accustomed to clamoring and just trying to conjure up our own identity and the energy to get there, that to be told you are not enough feels sort of like a punch to the gut. It feels Mm -hmm. offensive and unkind. 
But the reality is it's good news Mm -hmm. to sort of unclench our fingers, to unroll these white knuckles, this white knuckle grip that we have on our lives and our future and to go, you know what? I can't do it all. It's not all about me. I don't have what it takes. I am not enough. And in that realization, in that confession and just that repentance of I'm not God, I don't have what it takes, we turn to who is God. We do. We turn to our creator and our sustainer and our savior. And I think it's in that moment when we get to the end of ourselves and we cry out and go, you know what? I'm not enough God, but you are. That is where the abundant life that we, that Jesus talks about in John chapter 10, that's where abundant life comes rushing in. And so my invitation to the woman who's feeling overwhelmed is this is a good invitation. It might feel scary if you're addicted to control mm-hmm. and choice. It's going to feel scary at first. But the reality is you are a terrible savior and there is one who's inviting you to come. And so unload your burdens at his feet and he will care for you. He can be found faithful. You know, it's almost Easter as the time when we're recording this. Mm -hmm. And I think can't think of a better time for us to be realizing our frailty and the brevity of life is in this season of Easter, because all we have to do is just look to the cross And be reminded of our God's goodness. This is a God who hung on the cross for you and me and bore the wrath that we deserved to bear and then gave us his righteousness in exchange. He is good. There's no reason that we should fear his control and care of our lives. We see the record that he's good and kind and merciful. And so his invitation is to let go and to allow him to surrender all things to him and that he will redeem them and reconcile them. And in so doing, he gets the glory and you get the good. It's a beautiful invitation. And I hope that anyone, woman listening will take our Lord up on it. Amen. That is a good word. And uh, I hope that too. Jen, would you mind praying for anyone listening today who's struggling with that? Would you mind just, I'm putting you on the spot here. (laughs) Would you mind offering a little prayer for that? Thank you. Absolutely. Father God, we come to you in the name of your son and the power of your spirit, just acknowledging Lord that we are frail, that we are not enough that we make actually terrible gods over our lives, Lord. And so we confess to you just our need. We cry out to you with our need for help and our desire for help, Lord. God, please help us to get off of this hamster wheel of self-sufficiency and self-help. Please help us to just acknowledge our need that you made us on purpose for a purpose, and that is to be in relationship with you, Lord. So help us to surrender and to walk in relationship with you, to abide in you, to receive your forgiveness for our sins, to receive your power and your plan for the way that we would live today, tomorrow, the next month, the next year, Lord. God, we want you to be the Lord of our lives. Please help us to hand them over to you over and over, day by day, hour by hour. Jesus, you alone deserve the glory and we want our lives to bring you glory. So help us with that. In your risen name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm going to tell everyone where they can find your book. Your book is called Enough About Me, Find Lasting Joy in the Age of Self. And it's by Jen Oshman. And Jen, anyone listening can connect with you on your website, which is jenoshman.com, correct? Right. That's right. And your podcast, tell us about that. Sure. My podcast is called All Things. And I just look at news and events through a Christian lens. So sort of taking apart the headlines and looking at them through the Bible and how Christians might respond to current events. That's awesome. So I will have links to all of those things in the show notes. So you don't have to try to spell on the road or wherever you're listening, but Jen, thank you so much for 
being on the show today. It was a real pleasure to talk to you and hear about this great new book you've written. Thank you, Heather. This has been so encouraging to me as well. I'm grateful for your message and what you're sharing with women today. We need it. So press on, sister. Oh, thank you. Thanks. I appreciate that. Okay. Well, that's all for today's show. I hope that something from this episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.